In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The death and resurrection of Jesus is the heart of the Christian faith. It is the crux of our confession. It is the core of our belief. For us men, and for our salvation, the Son of God came down from heaven. He assumed our human nature and was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities and was given into death on our behalf. Christ was laid low, buried in a tomb even, as he rested in the earth until the third day. On the third day, the crucified one rose bodily from the sleep of death. Out of the earth, Christ came forth anew. Hence, St. Paul's description of Jesus as the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The Holy Scriptures teach that the risen Lord Jesus has become our salvation. And because he lives, you also will live. How important it is for us to hear this teaching as we sit here with ashes upon our heads. We are those who have been marked for death. And unless Christ returns beforehand, we are those who will surely suffer death because of our sin because of our lawlessness and rebellion against the Lord. For the wages of sin is indeed death. Originally, though, mankind knew nothing of these. They were by no means present when man was first made. For it was the Lord God who formed Adam of dust from the ground rather than primordial soup. Adam was taken from the Adama, which in Hebrew means earth, land, or ground. The Lord had brought little particles of dirt into communion with one another and integrated them all as one in the body. And the Lord breathed into the man the breath of life. And it was only then that he came alive. Only then was he truly a living being. He was formed in the image and likeness of his maker without even the slightest impurity. He had not the stain of sin. But when man disobeyed the Lord, sin came into the world, and now both Adam and all those descending from him naturally suffer the curse of death. From the mouth of the Lord our God, the first man heard these words as we did just a short while ago, and they are every bit as profound. You are dust says the Lord, and to dust you shall return. Death is divine punishment for sin, 
Death is disintegration. Body and soul are rent asunder, and the constituent parts of our bodies all return to the ground from which they came. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it is necessary for us to think deeply on these things. On the one hand, it's obvious enough that thinking too much about our mortality is unhealthy. You need no medical expert, no world-renowned psychologist to explain this much to you. But if our thinking on death too much is unhealthy, the same is true when we think on it too little. If the devil had his way, we would either think about death at all hours of the day, or we wouldn't ever think about it. In truth, he's quite pleased with both. And in our society today, he has worked more towards the latter. Already, our cemeteries are tucked away, out of sight and out of mind, and we're all bombarded each day with an unending stream, a deluge, if you will, of distractions. 24-hour television programming with 100,000 different channels to choose from, endless scrolling through social media posts, algorithms to guess or perhaps just tell you outright what you'll want to see next, and mindless entertainment in abundance is readily available to all. Dear friends, the devil is quite pleased to use these things to keep us from meditating on death and what comes after. He is quite happy to have people in our culture think on death only rarely, if ever, that it'll happen someday in the distant future. So there's really no need to be concerned about it. Meanwhile, he would have us entirely devoted to vain pursuits, to things that will amount to nothing in the end. The devil doesn't want us to hear the Lord's call. He doesn't want us to hear the word of the Lord spoken through the prophet Joel in our Old Testament text. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, the prophet says. That is, repent, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And he relents over disaster. In the Holy Scriptures, we indeed hear the voice of the Lord calling us to return to him. We hear his call to turn away from our sins and even to die to them. This is the call of baptism. Come and die. Die to yourself. Die to your old sinful ways and drown daily 
the old Adam within you. For the Lord has had pity on his people, and he does not wish for death to have the final word over us. From the Lord comes life and restoration in abundance. From him alone comes our salvation. Through the prophet Joel, the Lord comforted his people of old with a promise. He says, Behold, I am sending to you grain, wine, and oil, and you will be satisfied. The Lord thus promised their salvation would come from the ground. And in our context, it's easy to miss the significance here. But if we were ancient Israelites in an agrarian culture, keenly aware of our dependence upon the ground for our sustenance, for our nourishment, we might just think differently. Divine judgment in the form of famine or a devouring plague of locusts would surely mean our demise. Just imagine for a minute, looking out at the crop that you toiled so, labor, so laboriously for, that you watered and irrigated, that you tended so painstakingly, with which the whole family must be fed too, and watch it be destroyed before your very eyes. The judgment of the Lord is most certainly severe. Nevertheless, he promised his people of old that out of the earth would once again come grain for making bread, wine for feasting, and oil for anointing. With these things, God promised to satisfy them and make them well. And this is all just a shadow of the ultimate salvation the Lord God would provide for all of humanity by sending forth his Son. As I said in the beginning, the death and resurrection of Jesus is the heart of the Christian faith. It is the crux of our confession. It is the core of our belief. Our incarnate Lord, the second Adam, no less, and the new head of all humanity was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities and was laid low. He was buried in a tomb, and on the third day he rose bodily from the sleep of death. Out of the earth Christ came forth, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. In him you will be satisfied, for he has become our salvation. Because Christ lives, you also will live. And if through holy baptism you were united with him in a death like his, you shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Out of the ground man was taken in the beginning. And in Christ, you too shall rise out of the ground in the end. To Christ be all the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.